Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be for Rafua Shalema for Paralea Bazhaya Rachel. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. I am so happy to have on today's show Rebitzin Miriam Memon. Rebitzin Miriam is the social emotional director of Derek Hatora in Rochester, New York. She also teaches character development and the Bas Mitzvah curriculum. In addition to educating children, Rebison Miriam also teaches the adult women in her community. She aspires to connect with Jewish women while bringing them to a better understanding of themselves and of Judaism. Rebison Miriam teaches marriage and parenting courses, and she also just became a certified mind, body, soul life coach from the School of Torah Psychology. I think that is so cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Thank you. So first of all, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And, and um, thank you. So excited. So we, my husband and I live with our children in Rochester, New York. We started off living in Israel. We were in Kolel there. And then we spent a year in Silver Spring in Kolel in Silver Spring, Maryland. Then we moved on to Memphis, Tennessee. We spent three years there in the outreach Kolel. And then I think, yeah, I think it's been almost 14 years that we're here in Rochester and my husband is the Rav of Ashul, and we started a kolel here. And um, what's amazing is that um, we really grew up with the community because we came in our mid twenties, and you know we really we grew together with everyone, and we've made so many close friends, and it's just it's amazing. We love it. Um, what else? My passion is has always been self growth. And I just always trying to become either a better wife or a better mother, better teacher, better Robinson. And I think that that's what led me on this journey of self-care. And a couple of years ago, I started researching and, and really working on it because I was really not great at self-care. And um, that's, really, that's really what I'm so excited to speak about tonight because it's something that I want to just shout from the rooftops, as I told you, because it is just something that we need to put a spotlight on in the Jewish community, especially for women, for men too. But we do so much as women. And I feel like it's so underrated. There are not enough shirim about it. And we, I'll come to your community. I'll talk to you about it. I'll do anything just to get this message out because it really changed my life. So that's really, I'm excited to talk about that tonight. I totally agree. I totally agree. So let's jump right in because this really, you're right. Self-care is not a topic that's often talked about and it's such an important topic. It really, it really is. is. Yes. yes. So taking care of yourself as a woman is so important as you were mentioning. Life is so chaotic. Women have so many responsibilities to take care of and tasks to do. They're always busy taking care of others and they end up neglecting themselves, which often leads to them becoming depleted and burned out. So if you're running on empty, you can't really and truly take care of others because you don't have it in you to do so. However, if you do take care of yourself, mind, body, and soul, you will be a better wife, a better mother, a better daughter, a better friend. And by giving to yourself, you will actually be able to give more to others, as ironic as that sounds. So, so let's delve into this topic. Can you please tell us what exactly is self-care? Is it all about manicures and a good piece of chocolate, or is there more? Okay, those are great questions. And that was such a great and true introduction. So, um, okay, so first, I just want to ask you and everyone who's listening a favor. And that is, if you have not been practicing self-care until now, or you've, you know, neglected it a little bit, just listen with compassion. Self 
self-compassion and, and curiosity. Because when I started on this journey, I was very hard on myself. And that's where I went. Hopefully you won't go there. But I was like, why have I not been doing this? I've been so neglectful. And I was so hard on myself. So that didn't really help me on my journey. That kind of like detoured me because the guilt, you know, kind of served as a roadblock for me. So I'm just asking everyone as we talk about it tonight, just, you know, we're going to, we don't have that much time, but we're going to try to delve in as much as we can to just listen with a self-compassion and a gentle gentleness towards yourself. So first we'll talk about, I guess, what self-care is not because, um, Many times we think, and this is what I thought, I thought, oh, self-care, it's so overrated. It's like, oh, it's just, you know, people are just being selfish and taking care of themselves. And that's really not what self-care is. Um, as much as we love, you know, we love to enjoy things. Self-care is not, you know, bonbons and bubble baths, <laughs> even <laughs> though we love those things. And those things are great, but those are more of self-indulgences. And what self-care is, is there are, there are activities that we do that leave us with a feeling of happiness and fulfillment. So there are things that we can do to help our emotional, uh, spiritual, or physical selves. And we end up feeling fuller afterwards. It, it gives us this feel, it increases our happiness, uh, self-care act, and it decreases stress. Um, yeah, that's really, you know, what's inter interesting is, is that um, this Dr. Grossman says that you can ask yourself three questions. Do you want to know whether something qualifies as self-care? Okay. So one is, does it nurture my inner self? The next one is, does this make me feel better on a spiritual level, on a deep spiritual level? And does this improve my physical or emotional well-being? And basically it's whatever fills your cup, right? So for different people, it's gonna be different things. For one person, it could be nature. One person could be listening to beautiful music. Um, one, it's interesting, I was talking to someone and she was saying, I don't know why my mother went to this wedding. She's so overwhelmed and she's so exhausted and she really needs to take care of herself. And I pointed out, cause I know her mother. I said, what do you mean for her that's self-care? Cause for her, her oxygen is people. And that's what she loves. So really for, for another person that could deplete them going to the wedding. Yes. For this person that, you know, that was enjoyable and that left her on a high. So whatever increases happiness and decreases stress is really what self-care is. That's key. Very, very good point. I love that. Whatever increases happiness and decreases stress is self-care. Beautiful. Yes. yes. Another thing I just wanted to say is that also different ages and different stages. So I remember when I was younger and my kids were little, for me, the only self-care I wanted was sleep. <laughs> I just wanted a nap. I just wanted sleep. As I got, as the kids got a little bit older and we got a little older, um, I don't know, self-care has become like creative for me. I like to write plays. I like to write songs. It just, you know, um, when my kids, maybe once they're out of the teenage years, if I have any brain cells left, <laughs> maybe then I'll want to write a researcher, but it's it just at different stages, there are different, you know, things that m you might consider self-care, you know, so it, it changes as, as you get older. So that's also, yeah, that's also important to know. That's a really, really good point. You're right. You're right. Because also now that you're, now that you're um, bringing it up when you're younger and you have younger kids, you also have less time to be out of the house. So 
your self-care, you know, can't be like three hours away, you know, at all the time, you know, when your kids are a little bit older, they're more self-sufficient. They can take care of themselves, make themselves, you know, even a bowl of cereal just to eat something. Then you have, yes. Then you have more time to do that. Yeah. And it's also different things. Not that you can't take care of yourself when you have little kids. It's just, it's in a different way. Exactly. Exactly. So true. And so I want to ask, is self-care, is it really a secular concept or are there any Torah sources that support our real need for self-care? This was my favorite question. When I saw that you put, this is my favorite question (laughs) because really when I was younger and I was starting off on this journey, I was so convinced that this was a secular concept and that it, like I said before, and that self-care is selfish and there, that cannot be further from the truth. Um, it is so source-based. There are so many places in the Torah. I'll give, I'll give a few. Um, it's so deeply rooted. Um, it says, Chayev Adam Shenivra B'Tselem. Every person, Chayev, a person is obligated to understand that he was created, he or she, with Tselem Elokim, right? With a godliness. So every human being on this earth has a piece of God in them. So if we have part of God, then of, of course, like in plain in English, God doesn't make junk, right? Like Hashem has a human being is the pinnacle of creation, right? Like you wouldn't, I once heard someone say this and I thought this was funny, but it really resonated with me. Did you ever hear a cow in the meadow say, you know, I want to be a better cow today than I was yesterday. You know, <laughs> I'm going to let the other cows go in front of me to graze. You know, it's like a human being is the pinnacle of creation. And this is the way Hashem made us. Each person has so much and Hashem wants us to take care of ourselves. It says in uh, Parshas Vayikra, right? Should take care of yourself. Whenever the Torah says ma'od, the Torah does not use extra words. So when it says ma'od, it means it's very important. So Hashem wants us to take care of ourselves. It's actually practicing self, not practicing self-care, is selfish. And I know that that sounds crazy. And I would have told whoever would have told my younger self that they're crazy, but it's really, really not. And I've seen this. Um, So first of all, it's a mitzvah. That's number one. It's a mitzvah to take care of yourself. Hashem created you. The second reason is because it says, um, as we say almost every day, Hashem has created nefashos, many people, chasronan with chaser, from the Lushen of chaser, lacking, okay? So Hashem could have created us as perfect people, but he created us lacking. Why? Because the purpose of this world is for us to help others, for us to complete others, for us to give. Hashem was native, Hashem was a giver, so he created the world so he could have a something to give to. And then he created us so that we could give, and that's why we're created imperfect. But we can't give like you had said before, if we don't have, right? Abundance, if we want to give abundantly, we need a lot. And a very poor person can't give charity, right? The more we have, the more we can give. And, you know, I I just am so, I think this is so important that we, we need to start showing up for ourselves and start understanding that in order, if we want to give, that's wonderful, but in order to give, we have to have first ourselves. Um, and when we don't, what happens is, and I've been there before, when we 
we don't give enough to ourselves, but we still keep giving to others, we become bitter and resentful. And I was thinking of an example, you know, imagine if someone was going to come make you dinner, right? But they were really running on empty themselves. So they, they were just overwhelmed, but they still, they agreed they're going to make you dinner. And they came into your house with a pan of lasagna and they threw it down on the table and said, here, take it. Here's your dinner, right? <laughs> How would you feel, right? You'd, you'd say, don't make me dinner. I'll give my kids cereal. It's fine, right? I don't want your dinner. Like you need your dinner more than I do, or you, you definitely need something. Um, so, <laughs> for lack of a better word. So, you know, it's obvious we, and, you know, we have to, um, we have to model this behavior for our children. We can't just, you know, we want them to see that we're not embarrassed to give to ourselves. We value ourselves enough that we are, we want to do things for ourselves. We don't have to sneak out you know, and say, okay, well, I'm just going somewhere. That's what I used to do <laughs> if I was going to do some self-care. No, now I'll say, no, I'm going just like I make an appointment to spend special time with you guys. This is my appointment to spend special time with myself. And I know that sounds funny, but that's what's healthy. And um, it's actually very interesting. Um, so I teach Mitos, as you had said, and in the middle school, I have this assignment that I give to the girls because, you know, middle school is a wonderful time and everyone's very focused on themselves and that's good. And that's the way Hashem made it. And it's supposed to be like that. But I have this assignment where we are learning about Hakar Satov and the girls have to write a letter to their mothers and really zero in. And it has to be comprehensive and focus on all the, the things that they have to be grateful for that their mother does for them. So I've been doing this for many years. So Recently I did it and I gave this assignment and this one student wrote how basically, thank you mommy for making us dinner even though I know you're exhausted. And thank you mommy for taking us places even though I know you'd rather lie on the couch. And everything that she wrote was because I know it's so hard for you. And I thought right. that was so sad, but contrast that to this assignment about six, seven years ago, I gave the same assignment. And one of the students wrote, thank you, mommy, for taking care of yourself so that you could take care of us. And wow. I thought that was profound. I said, wow. And, you know, if I didn't know these two families, which I do, I probably would have said, oh, well, maybe that family is a lot more, you know, household help, or maybe they're a little wealthier. I know them. They're not. <laughs> they have a huge family and they don't have a lot of help. But obviously, this mother really values, you know, taking care of herself. She really values herself enough to give herself that little bit of time, enough that her child, a sixth grader, even noticed it. Wow. So, yeah. That's beautiful. That's that really, really powerful. I love the way that you contrasted the two. It's really, really, it, 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 makes, it, it makes it stand out, like the effect of self-care on a person. Sure. Amazing. So, you know, and I also like what you said about making an appointment, you know, you make, you make an appointment to take care of yourself the same way you make an appointment to spend time with your children or make an appointment to take somebody to the doctor or, you know, things like that. You make an appointment, you, that's how the way you carve out time to take care of yourself. You can really do that at all ages and all stages of your life to make an appointment with yourself. Definitely. Definitely. So then I guess that leads me to my question. I, I just wanted to ask you, like, what are the things that you like to do to take care of yourself? Okay, 
so I like to do too many things. Okay. <laughs> so I have to. So what I what I like to do is is that I like to make a list, sit down, and you know I've done this several times, and make a list of and you know there is a wheel that you could print out online. It's called the self care wheel, and there's there's a lot of great information out there. But I like to make a list of all you know physical, spiritual, and emotional, and what I think I need in those areas, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, it's very overwhelming because I'll see like, oh my gosh, I'm missing this and I'm missing that and I'm missing this. But I think that whatever my gut tells me to do at that moment, that's really what I need the most. So for example, I might really need to exercise because that is a way that I love to walk outside. That's some a part of self-care that I love. But if my gut, and I, I went through this, like where I was like just spiritually uninspired and even though I knew that I really needed to make time to exercise, sometimes I would just be like, you know what? I have to listen to a class. I have to read something inspiring. I have to listen to your podcast, right? Something like that. Something that inspires me because I'm an emotional person. So I need to feel connected. And even though my husband's a rub and I teach, it doesn't matter. Sometimes I need inspiration. So I think that for me, you know, I'll usually go with my gut, but I want to do so many things. I want to listen to music. I love to dance. I love to, you know, spend time in nature and spend time with my kids and I love to travel. And, but I I can't always do all those things. So I usually go with my gut and what that is telling me, you know, that's a really, yeah, your gut is a really good, powerful compass to really tell you what you need. So it's very, very smart. (laughs) So now I even want to dig even deeper. I want to like really, really verbalize why is it so important for women to prioritize self-care and what are the benefits of really and truly caring for yourself? So this is great. This is so important. So many people depend on women. People depend on men also, but so many, so many people. And when we do not prioritize it, it's not going to happen. We are so busy. Our lives are incredibly busy. Our culture loves chaos, right? We have the phones ringing, everything's beeping. And, you know, I just find it funny that now, you know, the, if you, anything you read, it's always about mindfulness and mindfulness. And it's just so funny because our Anshay Knesset Agadola and all our, our, our Chachamim and our Rabbanim thousands of years ago were practicing mindfulness. They'd sit out in the field for three hours before they davened in the morning, you know, um, they realize that as important as learning Torah is and as important as, important as davening is, mindfulness or, or self-care, whatever name we want to give it, it is so important because we will not be able to show up for ourselves and for others if we don't make it a priority. So we have to sit down and figure it out. Sit down and, and, and figure out, like you said before, make an appointment realize the import, importance, read about it, um, you know, and, and we just need to be able to, to really focus. Something that I, you know, a, a muscle that I like to give is, let's say someone was running for a train, okay? This woman needs to make this train. And she's running and running in, on the platform and there, the door is open and a man is there and he's looking and he's seeing that she needs to make the train. The only problem is she's holding two huge bags and she, she just can't get onto the train and he says, Lady, drop your bags and jump onto the train, right? The train we want to get on is a train where we could 
show up, be there for ourselves, be the best you that you can be for you and for everyone else. But there are so many excuses, right? But my mother needs me. My father needs me. My children need me. My pet needs me. My who knows who needs me. My business (laughs) needs me. There will always be stuff. There will always be excuses. And sometimes we just have to drop our bags as hard. And I'm telling you, I know it's hard. I've been on this train and I'm still on it. As hard as it is, we need to drop our bags and say, Hashem wants us to be healthy. Hashem wants us to be there. Hashem needs us. We need us. Klal Yisrael needs us. Our family needs us. We need to drop those excuses and just get on that train and take care of ourselves. Because if we don't, we can become depleted. We could become sick. There are so many different types of stress. The more I learn, the more I just read this amazing book a couple of months ago called The Body Keeps the Score by um, Besser van der Kolk. And it is mind blowing how much stress that the body holds for different people. It's in different places. Some people's headaches, stomach aches. It's real, but it's real. And um, we need to just drop those bags because we can become physically sick, emotionally sick. um, And we need to be able to give up our perfectionism because Hashem does not expect us to be perfect. Hashem wants us to try. And he does not, you know, we have to untie the superhero cape and send it to the cleaners, send it to the cleaners. And then when it comes back, Put it on, but wrap yourself in it and have a little self-compassion because the more people I meet, the more I see people are so hard on themselves. I agree. And people are so, you know, you can't be compassionate to others if you're not compassionate to yourself, right? It all starts with you. You can't love others like you love yourself if you don't love yourself. So we really just need to take off that cape and make it a priority Otherwise, we'll, we'll just be depleted and we won't be able to, to move on. And I've seen this. So this, yeah, I can't say it enough. <laughs> wow. And I, you know, I totally agree. It's so funny because um, as you were saying, to be gentle and compassionate to yourself, a rabbi recently told me the same thing. He was talking to me. He said, you know, you need to be compassionate to yourself. You need to be gentle to yourself because otherwise you can't have compassion and gentleness toward others. If you're hard on yourself, you're going to be hard on other people and other people really need your compassion, but you can't give them your compassion if you don't give yourself your compassion first. It's so true. And we need, in doing that, we need to focus on what we are doing. We're doing so much and giving ourselves the the pat on the back, right? Because that, you know, when you're encouraged, when you're at work and your boss encourages you, then you want to do more, right? In order to encourage yourself, you need to push yourself. In in order to move forward, you need to encourage yourself. Because if you don't, you're not going to move forward. You're going to just stay. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But, you know, unfortunately, many women don't even know where to start when it comes to self-care. Because they've neglected themselves for so long. They don't even know where to begin when it comes to self-care. So if you have neglected yourself for years and you're completely used to only taking care of others, how do you begin taking care of yourself? It's a great question because it. this is where I started, right? I was, years ago, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that I had been neglecting myself because I was on this hamster wheel and I never took the time to get off and see what's bothering me. And um, before we talk about that, I I, I really want to say that sometimes you don't even know what, like we said before a little bit, but you don't even know 
what self-care is going to help you or which type of self-care because you're so far from it. So for example, um, let's say you're, you're trying, you're trying as hard as you can, you know, you're trying to exercise, you're trying to eat well, or you're trying to, you know, relax or take a nap, but you're not feeling those benefits of self-care. I think that the reason why is because sometimes that's the wrong avenue. So let me give you an example. Let's say someone has a cup, okay? And there's a, if there's a crack in that cup, the liquid is going to seep through. So let's say I chose physical self-care and I you know, decided to exercise or to eat well or whatever it is, but it's not filling me. It's filling up my, my mug, but my mug keeps leaking. And I think that the reason why is because sometimes there's like an emotional blockage. And sometimes if really what we need is the emotional self-care, but we're doing something else, whether it's spiritual or physical or whatever it is, and we're neglecting that issue that's been in our lives and we just keep on like, you know, pushing it to the side, sweeping it under the rug, no matter what we do, that cup is going to leak. So I think to answer the question is if I've been neglecting my self-care for so long, I think it entails a brutal, honest look at ourselves. I know for myself, that's what I had to do. I had to really look at myself. And for me personally, it was starting with the emotional, what's going on inside my head? How am I talking to myself on a daily basis? Am I speaking to myself nicely? Is my inner self-talk compassionate or is it judgmental and harsh? Or, or am, I, am I always saying yes to other people? Or am I you know, looking at, wait, what do I need first? What does my family need? Now is there more to give? So I think people can start, it doesn't have to be starting with you know, um, going for a massage. It could be starting with saying no when people ask you for a favor that you really can't do, but your ego gets in the way. You know, we went to this conference once, this amazing conference for rabbis and their wives. And one of a social worker got up and she was going to talk about self-care. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, I can't wait. This is something I've been working on. I just was so eager to hear what she had to say. And what she said was so amazing. She said, ladies, I want you to go back to your communities and tell them this tell them they can say, no, it's okay. It's okay. You don't need to be embarrassed if you can't do something. So I think that's a very good place to start. You don't need to start with the music or the cake decorating course. Those things are great, (laughs) but just starting with being able to say, no, I remember someone came to our house from an in-town city and they were at our house for Shabbos and the woman was being so nice. She was trying to be machazik me that we're living out of town and it's so hard. And she said to me, oh, so Miriam, you must have loads of guests for Shabbos every week, 30, 40 people. And I put my ego aside and I looked at her and I said, we love having guests. We do have guests a lot, but not every single week. It's too hard for me. I just can't do it. And I have to say that was so liberating to be able to say, no, it's too hard for me. I'm not perfect, you know? And I think starting with being able to say no, being able to work on our inner chatter, you know, work on emotional self-care. And that that will lead us to a place where we can then, you know, and, and we can sprinkle it with some, you know, spiritual self-care and physical self-care. You know, there are no rules, you know? I mean, we could talk about this all night. It's, it's just, it's so all-encompassing. There's so much 
but really to just start with little things like that. Because I think that self-care is, you know, hanging around people that are a good influence on you, you know, removing some toxic people, you know, from your life, you know, not in a bad way, but, you know, call those people once a week, you know, instead of every day, you know, just kind of sitting in and really looking at things in an honest way. I think that that's, that's really helpful. I love that. I really love that. And I love your concept of giving yourself exactly what you need, like with the cup dripping, you know, if you're giving yourself the wrong, the wrong type of, not the wrong type of self-care, but the type of self-care that you don't need as much, you know, you have to give yourself what you need the most of. Yeah. And that's what's going to make a big difference. And and it's always going to be a different thing. Sometimes you might need that emotional self-care a little bit more than you need the spiritual care or the physical care, you know, and maybe next week or maybe tomorrow you'll need, you'll need to go do your exercises and following week you'll need to do, you know, a spiritual class, you know, it's, it's really based on what you need right at this moment. And that's, what's really going to fill you up and take care of yourself. And I don't think that enough people realize that once you really, really, take care of yourself, you'll be better for others. You'll be better for others, you know? So true. Yes. And, and about the cup, I, I just want to expound on it a little bit. If, if yes. it's easier for us to think about it in terms of parenting, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll be, you'll be, you know, we, we mother all our kids differently, right? Because all yes. of our children are so different and they're all these precious gifts, right? But, you know, sometimes certain children will just need more. Yes. And, and we see that we're giving and giving, but it's just never enough. Yes. Because sometimes we have to try smarter, not try harder. Right. Because maybe we're giving them, maybe we're giving them compliments, but really they need our time. Maybe we're giving them gifts, but really they need something else. Right. So it's just a matter of just really zeroing in and keeping your finger on the pulse of, wait a second, I'm giving to this child, but she's not receiving it. Right. Her cup is leaking. What, you know, what can I do? What can I do differently? Just like you said, just keep evaluating and evaluating. And it doesn't take a long time, you know, a few minutes, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, asking yourself, like, it's like a grocery list. I get very overwhelmed before Pesach and I have to sit down and what do I have and what do I need? Right. So it's the same kind of thing. If we, if we are, you know, focused on making a grocery list for Pesach, why can't we do that for this? Why can't we say, okay, what do I have? Okay, so I, I, I am having, I am eating, I am doing this, I am doing that. Okay, but what do I need, right? Just very simply, it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be this whole complicated formula. It's really, it, it really can be simple, but we just have to make it a priority to sit and do it. I love that. I love that. And I love how you apply it to children because yeah, you know, people, parents really do get frustrated with children because they're really giving and giving and giving. They're giving so much. They're giving so much that they're depleting themselves, but the kids still aren't happy. They're still not receiving what you're giving to them because you're not giving to them exactly the thing that they need. And if you just gave them what they needed, you'd be less depleted because you'd be, you won't be so trying true. so hard. You know, yep. it's amazing. So true. Hit the so nail right on the head. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I know that we address this, but I just want to maybe go back to this concept one more time. Self-care takes time. And I know moms are driving carpool and they're going to work and they're running a household and tending to the needs of our kids and our husbands and our families. How can we really, really make time to care for ourselves? I mean, I know that we talked about making appointments and even saying no kind of frees up our time also to um, take care of ourselves some more. Are there any other concrete tips that you could share with us? For sure. That's a great question. Um, 
I think that I've learned to couple things with other things. So for example, if for some reason you need to, I don't know, you need to do a lot of dishes or a lot of cooking for Shabbos and your kids are busy playing or they're not home or whatever, it's okay to make yourself care for that few minutes, putting on music that you love, right? Just being aware. So for myself, I get so busy that I don't remember this, all these lists of things. So I will just make a list on a piece of paper just to remind myself and I'll put it on the counter and it will say, listen to music or drink a cup of tea because I will, I'll just forget. I get so distracted, right? So coupling things, you know, something with something else. Um, when I'm putting a child to sleep, right? So just laying there and being cozy with them. And afterwards, if there's five minutes, instead of, you know, um, scrolling through my phone, right? Which is not self-care. That's just kind of like um, dulling your senses. I don't know what you want to call it. But instead of doing that, doing something that I do enjoy, right? How, how I think Rebetzin Tversky says this, how many times do we spend just time looking down at our phone and not looking up at the sky, right? So it could just be, I'm walking by the dining room table and I just smell the flowers on the table, right? Or you have a nice yummy spray from Bath and Body Works and it's just sitting there, just smell it, spray yourself with it. It, it. You know, when you don't have time, there are small things that you can do, you know, a warm, cozy pair of slippers, you know, instead of the same slippers you always wear. So just bring down the cozy slippers and put them by the door. So that when you get home from work, you could put those on. Um, making yourself a nice salad. You know, it is easier to grab a string cheese and a yogurt, but it doesn't take that long to make a salad, right? And to put some salmon in it. You know, it could be when you plan your menu, for the week, it could be that, you know, you'll have this left over. So then you can, you know, you can, you can put the salmon in the salad or whatever it is. It doesn't always have to be big things. Um, I love the one, you know, when you have a whole list of phone calls to make that are annoying. I don't like making annoying phone calls like doctor's appointments. I don't know why it's just so tedious. I'll put a person on the list that I do enjoy calling that I know that after I call this person, I'm gonna be in a great mood, right? Or I'm gonna text this friend a really hysterical, you know, thing just before um, our daughter's wedding. Um, it was very stressful with the gowns. It was just very stressful. I don't even know how to say it. And I was in the dressing room and it was just so frustrating. So I just, I, I just started laughing. I just started laughing and I started texting my friend like, I'm wearing a gold dress right now and I look like a big cream puff or whatever it is. It just it made me laugh. And we were just laughing about it. I ended up getting that cream puff dress, but whatever it is, it's just sometimes just the little small things, just being open to being a little crazy and a little weird and a little funky and not trying so hard to just impress everyone all the time and just being yourself. I think that it's liberating. And I think that you know, dance around your kitchen. My kids hate it when I do it, but you know what? It's okay. You know, their mother's a little bit nerdy. It's fine. You know, <laughs> little small things that you can do. It doesn't have to be big, but make, but I, I like to make a list and just put it on the side because otherwise I'm just going to do the dishes with no music and I'm going to go from task to task and I'm going to, it's, it's just not going to become fun. We got to, we got to learn the, the ways and then make a list and just you know, look at it just as a reminder. And that's just a little that I can say, you know. I love it. And in this way, your self-care elevates the mundane, you know? Yeah, yeah, 
It's true because you know what? I, I always wanted to say cleaning for Pesach is such a spiritual experience, but I just didn't feel it. So I was like, okay, if I'm not going to feel it, I'm going to put on a crazy bandana and we're going to blast the music and we're going to slide across the floor on towels and we're just going to have a blast. <laughs> you know, we're just going to make it fun. And no, it's not always fun. There will be yelling and, you know, we are normal. But I'm saying um, you just like, you know, you just have to go with it and try to, you know, make it as doable as possible, even the tedious things, you know. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful and it's real and it's powerful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebbits and Miriam, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Rebbits. And we really enjoyed having you here. And may all our learning today be for Fuushalema, for Paralea, but Haya Rachel. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.